So what I'm going to share with you today, the sermon title is Faith is Vision in Action. And if you can turn with me to James chapter 2, and this is not a reflection on any other time or any other service or any other person sharing, um, but if it was just really on my heart and I would just like to ask you to please stand with me for the reading of the word. So it's James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. The first point I want to share with you is faith through vision. And in verses 14 to 18, you see it speaks about those who are poor, those who are needy, those who are not clothed. And what good is it if you say, be those things, but you don't do anything. And as I was waiting on the Lord for this, you guys will know, not too long ago, John preached on vision. And I believe that that's really what the Lord put on my heart is that so often we think of good deeds and we think of the Good Samaritan and we think, am I that? You know, can I be that? Uh, have I got that same heart? Am I always going to be wanting to do what is good? And I believe often what is missing is vision. And then it becomes a religious act. And then it becomes a thing you have to psych yourself up to. If I can earn, if I can clock up to so many good works, but we know God sees our heart. It needs to come from where our heart is in the right place. It doesn't help we doing things and our heart is in the wrong place, then they're like filthy rags unto the Lord. And I believe God is wanting to infect you today with vision. That so often we're walking around and we say it's by faith, but often it's by fear. And what we see in front of us confuses us based on what we believe. Because we don't always see the signs following. We don't always see the miracles. 
And I believe what God is wanting to do to you today is to open up that you will see with spiritual eyes, that you will see beyond. Because the ultimate plan, God sent, uh, the ultimate plan is not just a ticket to heaven. The ultimate plan, Father God wants you back and he sent Jesus to restore you back to himself. So God ultimately wants to take things that were dead. You were dead, now you're alive. God wants to take those things that are dead and bring them back to life. And we need to have that ultimate vision. So now when you're in a situation and that's what you're ultimately driving for, then I believe the works will come more easily. Then the deeds will come more easily. Because if you are purposefully grabbing onto that vision, then when that situation presents itself, you're not going to have to psych yourself up. You're going to be in the situation and it's going to come supernaturally and it's going to manifest in the natural and you're just going to find yourself doing it. Amen? In Romans 4 verse 17, you don't need to turn there, but it mentions about Abraham again and it mentions about God being the God who calls those things that are not as though they were. And there's this new sound that's being heard. We're releasing this new worship sound. Um, this morning for the prayer meeting, um, Pastor Philip, when Philip rings that bell louder than anybody else, I think, and I happened to be in my office at the time when he rang that bell, and I just, it just sounded differently to me. And I just thought, again, it just reminded me, God is doing a new thing. God is making a new sound. There's a new sound going out, but it's not just the worship. God's wanting to do it through you. Are you ready to grab that vision that he has and touch the world that he wants to touch and not leave it to others to do it anymore? So we need to be those that call those things that are not as though they were. So when a situation presents itself, like when you see somebody that's begging, you're not thinking, oh, it's an inconvenience to me, I don't have something, what am I going to do? But that God reveals how he sees that person. And then it'll be easier to interact in that situation. And that can be in any situation. You might be sitting and, and you're struggling in your marriage, you're struggling in your business, you're struggling just to try and do things and do better. But it's not about doing better, it's about being better. It's about encountering God in that depth, that place of intimacy. And for me, three years ago, when, about when I started preaching, I was a nervous wreck up here. And now, I mentioned it before, I feel so comfortable. But I was a nervous wreck because I was doing it in my own strength. And what you see now before you, and I'm not trying to draw attention to myself, I'm sharing it as an example. What you see before you is a man who started to tap into that depth, who started to tap into that dependence on God and say, God, I'm weak, you be strong. You sustain me. Let me be you up there. Let me not try and psych myself up and be the best that I can be. Yes, it sounds right in your heart, but if your heart is unto the Lord, and it's because um, God has infected me with this vision, and he's making me so excited for where he's taking me, that this falls in line with it. So it's easier to do it, because it fits in with what he's saying. And what is there that you're facing, that you're struggling to face, because you need more vision, and God's wanting to give you more vision behind it. See with spiritual eyes. Don't just see what's happening. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage and you're just thinking, I want out. Did you maybe think that the enemy is attacking your marriage because he knows what God has planned to do through your union? And you need to see behind that and say, yes, it's tough right now, but we surrender. God, I surrender. It's not about who's right or wrong. If we're exalting ourselves in pride, we're all wrong. And we need to surrender our dependence and realize it's not about saying I'm weak, but it's realizing that God made me for himself. 
So the best version of myself is when I'm surrendered to Him. Wow, that was for free. That was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but it's true. And that's what the Lord has so been sharing with me, is are you ready to admit and say, God, I give up my way of doing it. You do it through me. And you see the change. You see the change in your marriage. You see the change in your business. And this takes me to my second point, which is faith in action. And I've already basically covered it, but we walk by faith. But we need to be instilled. You need to, be, you need to have this passion. And we have, a, have the passion because we're born again. And we're passionate for God. But that vision is the gospel. That vision is responding and saying, I have the privilege to partner with God. And I actually don't like that word. <laughs> partner with God, sorry. Um, because it makes it like a, we're on level planes. We're not on level planes. I'm surrendered to God. And I have the privilege of being surrendered to Him and obeying Him and supporting His vision. And I found that I am able to do what I do and lead my family and lead others that look to me as a pastor by me being surrendered and submitted to John. And it's an example. We all need that accountability. We all need that surrender. And it's not about saying you can't do it or anything like that. But God wants that protection for us. He wants us to be accountable and to walk in love with one another. Because one day the one is weak, one day the other is strong. And you can lift each other up. And then it comes the other way. Amen. And God wants that for you as well. So that we can be at a place where we can say, my faith works. It's not just something I say. It should be something you can see in my life. Why do you, why do you seem different? Yeah, I, walk, I walk by faith, but I can see, and people can see that you, you, you're going in a direction. And when you've got vision to lead those that are looking to you, they will gladly follow you. It's no longer about men saying, wives, you must submit to me. And wives hate that word submission because we've given it a wrong spin. But if a man is surrendered to God, she will lovingly surrender to that. And she will submit to that and say, I can support that man. And that's why God calls us as men and women not to make the strength about us. God didn't make us to be giants. You know, so often we talk about oaks of righteousness and we think, I need to be so big in God. God didn't call you to be a giant for him. He called you to be a giant killer so that you can be able to be small, maybe like David. It's not about your stature, but it's saying my strength is in God. When I face that Goliath, I can stand and say, you know what God has slain in my life already? You will be no different. And that's what God has for you. And that's because David had vision. He saw beyond Goliath. He saw beyond what was happening. He saw what God had done. What has God done in your life that you've forgotten? And it's supposed to encourage you to what's ahead. It's supposed to tell you, if God did all those things, this thing in front of you will be no different. Some things take longer than others, but God wants you to surrender and say, God, you, make, you will do a much better job than me. You want to be in control? Surrender that control to God. That's the best way to be in control because he knows far better and he knows what to do with your five loaves, your two fishes, and say, God, yeah, I take it. And then he feeds everybody and there's leftover. And that's what he wants to do today. This nation is crying out for it. The issues that we're facing, it's not financial issues. It's not political issues. It's a spiritual issue that's manifesting in the natural. 
And as we see in the Spirit, as we have a vision, say, I'm not looking at what's in front of me, I'm looking at what God is showing me, then we can stand in the gap and say, I'm going to be counted. I'm going to be a man and woman that has vision for this nation, that has vision for this church, that has vision for those looking to me. And I'm standing in the gap and trusting until those things that are wrong will come right and they will manifest in the natural. Because what changed, changed in the Spirit. Let us not be blind and look at what's in front of us and be reactionary. Let us be those who are at that place of depth with God. And he gives you those nuggets. He gives you those secrets where on the surface it looks like this. And God says, do this. And this changes. And there's no correlation. But for God, there's a correlation. Because the change comes in the spirit. Amen. And this brings me to my last point, which is our actions. Actions confirm right standing, righteousness. We've heard it often where it says there in verse 21 that Abraham offered Isaac and it was credited to him as righteousness and Rahab hid the spies. Why? Not just because God came and said, please do this. I believe they had a greater vision. They saw further. God had revealed things to Abraham, said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to... You're going to be the father of many nations. Your descendants, you won't even be able to number like the sand. He had a vision. God had revealed his vision for him. So he knew that he knew that he knew. God's not going to destroy me here. And losing my son will destroy me. But God, you said it, I'll do it. And then God stepped in. And that's what God wants us to do. Is not to say, it's not that we have to do everything. You can't get to everybody. But all of us can get to many people. If you will just obey what God is telling you to do today, what God is showing you, and don't despise it. It might be small. It might be an act of kindness. It might be just an encouraging what's up. It might be something very, very small, and you will never know how far-reaching that could be. Are you willing to be one of those examples for others to follow? Wouldn't you like your actions to be credited to you as right-standing? Why? Because I'm infected by a vision from God. I step out in faith that leads me to action. And then because I obeyed what God told me to do, God sits with a smile on his face and he's like, son, I'm well pleased. I credit that to you as righteousness. And the, the more simple way of saying it is in right standing. There's no better place to be than in right standing. And I stand here before you knowing more than ever before in my life that I have right standing with God. Not because of me, but because of Him. And if you spend time with Him, He will reveal that to you. You can't fake it. You're not going to fool anybody but yourself. The only way is through time spent with God. When Jesus was led into the wilderness, before His ministry started, what did God say? Father said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. He hadn't done anything yet. So it's not about what you do, it's about who he made you to be. So let your actions flow out of who you are in him, because the depth is there, the vision is there. And then people say, what's up with you? This place is a mess. What's different to you than all of us? Have you got time for me to tell you? How much time do you have? Let's go for lunch. And at the end, we'll pray more than just for the food. I'll pray for you to meet your Savior.
God, there are people out there longing for right standing. And often they don't come to the church. Why? Because often we don't have that depth, we don't have that vision, and we give them religion. And we don't give them relationship. And they're crying out for that relationship. It's about relationship. It's not about the rules you've been taught. It's not about the things, about how many years you've gone to church. The world sees the church as religion. Jesus didn't come to bring religion. He came to bring relationship. And he said, I do nothing except the Father shows me and tells me. I know you the same. I want to be like that. And Jesus spent time with God, the Father, every day. I guarantee you, if you do that every day, you'll speak differently, you'll act differently, you'll walk differently, you'll be a better husband, because now it's not about you leading and being strong. You'll better be a better wife, because now you'll lovingly submit, because your husband is lovingly following God. And we need to be gripped by this vision. God's vision is to save this planet, the people on it. Not the planet itself. He made it for us to have dominion, but he made it because he wants relationship with you. How wonderful would it be if we could be so used of God that, that when Jesus returns, there's nobody going to hell. And the devil sits there and says, no, what, no. My plan failed. But he knows it's going to fail. But he carries on anyway because he wants to have a pity party with you. That's all he wants, because God chose you, not him. That's as simple as it is. So he's a sore loser who wants you to lose as well. So get a heart, get a vision for those out there that long for right standing and they don't know what it looks like. An invitation to church might not get them here, but your life might get them here. Your life might get them to God. The Bible says that Paul said that we are living epistles. Are you a good read or a bad read? Are you a religious read? Or are you a relationship read? When people see your life, they see there's a softness, there's a humility, there's a strength, there's something that's not fake, there's something that's not being put on to impress. So I'm not gonna tickle your ears so you can go to hell. I'm gonna do and say what God tells me to do. And if it makes you uncomfortable, I'll introduce you to the comforter because that's what he's there for. I'm not here to tickle your ears. We shouldn't be here to tickle anybody's ears. There are people dying and going into hell. And you might be the last letter they read. You might be the last opportunity. They may never get to church, but they can get to you. And God can get to them through you. And are you willing to be gripped by the vision that God has? We are not here to play games. We are not here to keep everybody happy. We are here to take over the world for God. We are ambassadors who are coming to take over earth for heaven. Plain and simple. Call a spade a spade. That's what we are here for. And there's wisdom and there's doing it in God's way. And we face opposition and we face giants. But I think a lot of us often are in the wilderness and there can be wilderness seasons and I'm not putting that down, those of you who are going through difficulties. It can be God protecting you, can be Him hiding you, and it can be Him preparing you. 
But all our seasons are different. Don't compare yourself to other people. Get alone with God and say, God, where am I? What are you showing me? What do I need to do? I can hardly sleep at night with the things God shows me. And may it be the same for you. Sleep is overrated. We need time with God. You know what? A while ago, I prayed and I said, Lord, I leave the sleep in your hands. I set an alarm, yes, I'm not late for work, but the Lord wakes me up before every time. So I can spend time with Him. And may that be the same for you. And I say it wisely and sensitively, not to tickle your ears, but to challenge you to spend time with God. May God wake you up. May you lie awake at night spending time with Him. And He's like, uh-uh, we've got to meet. We're in relationship now. This is not a one-sided dictatorship where you just give me your list. This is a relationship thing, and it's 50-50, and I want to talk to you. And I'm going to wake you up just to tell you you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. And that God will wake you up and say, God, if I can do with less sleep, let me sleep less. Let me wake up, put the cup of coffee on, and get alone with God. There's nothing better. Your whole day changes because you spend time with God. And if you think you don't have time and life is too busy, think of those favorite shows that you watch without fail. I love watching soccer and now I struggle. 90 minute game, I can't get through a 90 minute game because I'd rather spend time with my father. So if you're willing and you're ready to answer that call and be that person of vision with faith to act so that it can confirm your right standing so others can be drawn to the same place, please stand with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just lift up each and every single person here under the sound of my voice. Father, even on TV, those listening on streaming, I pray and ask, Father, that you would invade their homes right now, that you would invade their hearts with vision, that you would invade us all right now, Father, with faith to act, that our actions, that our good deeds would come from a place of vision from you, Father, that we would be gripped by your ultimate vision Father, which is to save the whole world, to save every single person on this whole planet. Father, your, your creation displays your beauty, but it's us, your chosen people, that you want to work through. I pray and ask that you would use us unlike ever before. Thank you for the new sound that is being heard. Thank you for the new thing that you are doing. Father, I pray and ask that you would invade the marriages in this room and under the sound of my voice, that you would invade the families, that you would invade the children, that you would invade the fathers and mothers and extended families, that you would invade businesses, that you would invade workplaces, that you would invade every single place with your vision. Father, that we would grip, be gripped by a vision that is greater than us. Father, that we would from today see with spiritual eyes, not natural eyes. Father, may we not react to what we see in the media, what we see in front of our faces, but may we say, God, what are you showing me? What are you telling me? Father, and that we would live from a place of vision, that we would live from a place of faith, 
and that our actions would follow that and that we would be able to call in signs following. Father, but we call in those miracles, signs and wonders that are going to come, those countless lives that are going to be touched. Father, that we will be willing to get our hands dirty, that we won't just look at a situation and say, no, that's for somebody else, but that we would respond and say, you've put me here for a reason. I'm going to be used of you. Show me. May my eyes be open to what you have for me. Father, and I pray for those who are discouraged in wilderness seasons, that you would give them fresh vision of what's to come, that they would be able to see what they are going through in perspective with a greater picture you have for their lives. In Jesus' name, and I speak your blessing and your peace and your encouragement over everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you. Have a vision-filled week. Amen.